Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello everyone and welcome once again to our online church. It's always a blessing to be able to minister the Word of God. Uh, many of us are facing some of the COVID-19 challenges, even though the numbers have dissipated quite significantly. Continue being prayerful, continue declaring the Lordship of Jesus over your house, over the, your home. Remember the Israelites on the night when the Passover was taking place, the blood on the doorposts uh, meant that the destroyer was not going to come into that house and continue to declare that over your family, regardless of what's happening around you. Sometimes we're intimidated by the losses that we have experienced. But just because there have been losses, losses around us doesn't mean that it's definitely going to happen to us. Psalm 91 says, a thousand may fall at your right hand, 10,000 all around you, but you're trusting God that it will not come near your home. So I want to encourage you to continue on that trend. And uh, along with that, we have resumed our services in person. We've got 100 people that are able to come. And so we want to encourage you to come back to fellowship, come back to church in person. If you definitely have a crisis in your conscience about that, we are happy to continue to minister to you online. But remember online, there's not a worship time, fellowship time. All of those things are significant for your spiritual growth. And you won't know until you're in the service. I mean, we've had now two Sundays of being in person and it's amazing just being around one another and the fellowship that we've been experiencing. On that note also, please be reminded of our building. As you saw in the announcements, we are on the process of putting up our roof. The, the steel structure is going up, and we also trusting God for $500,000, million for the roof sheeting to be completed before the rains arrive. So please search your hearts and ask the Lord what he would have you do concerning this partnership. Uh, you'll have the details of, of, the, uh, of, the, of, the, of the building fund as part of this, uh, this broadcast. So please make sure you take those down and that you're deliberate, you know. When it comes to the things of God and giving unto the Lord, make sure that you're deliberate about that. And then tomorrow, as usual, is our day of fasting and prayer. Remember, this is not just for pastors and, and for leaders. This is for our whole church. Monday is our day of consecration, of fasting and prayer. And so please, let us make a deliberate effort to not only pray, but fast and then join us in the evening. We'll be here in this building, praying together and trusting God as we usually do. All right, so today is our last segment for uh, the series that we've been having, a lifestyle of prayer, and I trust that God has completely impacted your life over the last few weeks and revolutionized your perspective and your mentality around prayer. You know, we live through our minds. We live through our minds. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We are renewed, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so the teaching of God's word is fundamental. It's essential to our lives producing that which God desires. And today we are doing the last segment. In the first week, we did prayer as fellowship, the importance of koinonia, understanding how God created us to know him, to fellowship with him. And so it's not just a matter of prayer. It's not just a matter of, of coming with our, our, our list of, of requests or demands, but it's a matter of engaging our heavenly father. And uh, it's important for us to listen to these messages over and over so that it's cemented in our lives and it produces a change 
in our lifestyle. And then in the second week, Pastor Yoma preached a powerful message about prayer as a change agent. Because we are the light of the world. God is sending us as agents into the nations to bring transformation. So if there's a change that needs to take place, you are the candidate that can go before Almighty God and bring that change. And so that message is there. And then the third week, last week, Pastor Phillips uh, preached a powerful message concerning prayer as purity and the fact that we ought to watch and pray, that we ought to be watchful over our hearts, you know, and continue prayerfully. Very important message about how prayer is able to preserve us from falling away, especially in these last days. And then today we're talking about prayer as revelation. I'm going to pray for us and then we can get into the word. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word that is truth. And you said in your word, Father, that we shall know the truth and the truth will set us free, will make us free. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, for revelation today. I pray that the truth will be plain and bare, and that all of us will understand clearly what you are referring and what you are sharing with us, Father, so that your word can transform us. We pray, Lord, that our actions, our lifestyles, all our thoughts will be aligned with your word this morning or today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so we spoke over the last few weeks about the importance of prayer. And, uh, you know, th this should not just be head knowledge. Let it be practical. Begin to exercise the things that you've heard and, and that you have seen over the last few weeks. Begin to put it to practice. I really want to commend uh, our church. I've seen our prayer meetings have grown as well. Monday night last week, there were uh, about 60 people in the auditorium here praying and trusting the Lord. The presence of the Holy Spirit was very tangible in the place here. And so we understand that prayer is a foundation of, of, of engaging God in fellowship. And with that foundation of fellowship, it means that there's not only the giving side from our side in our devotion to God and pray, but there is a receiving side. It is a two-way stream. And so that leads to us being able to bring change and transformation because of the fact that we're not only asking, we're also receiving, not only speaking, but we're also listening. That also leads to God's process of, of, of removing things from our lives and cleansing and purifying our lives. And the reason why all of these work and operate well is because of the foundation that prayer is a revelation. And prayer is for revelation. What does revelation mean? Revelation is the Greek word apocalypsis. It means to unveil. It means to open up. It means to disclose something that is hidden, to, to, to make it plain. That's what it, uh, it means. Revelation. When we're saying that in prayer you begin to get revelation, it means that the blinders get removed. It means that if you, are, if you feel like you're blindfolded, you're not sure where you're going in life. You're, you're not uh, clear on, on where God is taking you. You're not clear on a certain situation or a matter. In prayer, that is where revelation comes. Prayer is the instrument that begins to condition our spirits into the state where we are able to perceive 
what God is saying, what God's spirit is showing us. It would be the same as the tuning in of a radio to the correct radio station or the tuning in of our channels to God's channel because the broadcast is going out from God. The revelation and the truth is going out. But many times we just do not perceive it. Like Jesus said, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit of God is saying. He that has eyes to see, let him see what the Holy Spirit is showing. And we're going to go into the word today and show you how God does this in the place of prayer. Prayer is the place where secrets are revealed, where secrets are unveiled. Psalm, Psalm 91 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Almighty shall abide under the shadow of the Most High. And it's so important that we are dwelling in the place of prayer, in the place of secrets, where it's a place where we are alone with God, yes, but it is also a place where God's secrets are unveiled and revealed to us. And let's look here at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. Very important scripture concerning how God deals with us in our spirit man. It says the spirit of man, the spirit of man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord searching all his innermost parts, searching all the innermost parts of that man. So the spirit of the man is the place that the Lord uses to search the innermost part of a man. And we'll see how that operates through the scripture that we'll go to now. But your spirit, if you are born again, your light is shining on the inside. You have a, a witness, you have a, a candle, you have a light that is shining. And that light is able to bring an unveiling. You know, it would be like being in a room that is dark, but it is filled with all the answers and supplies and the, and the, and the provisions that you need. And yet, you, you don't have access to them because you just cannot see them. You are unaware of them, and yet they are in the same room where you are. And many times in our lives, God has already provided in the various areas of our lives the things that He wants, for us so that we're able to fulfill his plan and purpose in our lives. And yet many of us have not taken hold of those things because there are dark areas that are inaccessible because in those areas we lack revelation. And so God uses our spirit man, right, like a candle in order to illuminate those things and he does it through the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's, let's go further here. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 4 on to verse 16, and we're going to bring out this revelation as you see it, because it's important that you understand this is our key scripture for today. This scripture, you must meditate therein and understand what the Holy Spirit is saying here, so that in the place of prayer you are aware of what's happening. When you are conscious of what the Holy Spirit is doing, you get double revelation compared to when you're not aware, you're just hearing and perceiving things. And many times, people are hearing and perceiving things, but because they do not understand it, the enemy steals it away. It's the same with the gospel. The word of God says that the sower sows the seed, but when, when those who hear it and do not understand it, the enemy steals it away. Many times we lose things, not because we have not perceived them, but because we don't understand them. And that understanding and revelation comes through the Holy Spirit. 
Okay, let's read here 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 4. The Apostle Paul writing, he says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Verse 5, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom. Take note, human wisdom. Your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Then he says, verse 6, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom. So he's saying that our preaching was not just with persuasive words and whether, no, the kingdom of God is not in eating or drinking or in words. It is in a demonstration of power. And so the Spirit's power produces faith. He says so that our faith will rest on the Spirit's power. Right? So the preaching and the teaching and the revelation of God must come with power. And then he says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among those who are mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom. Now, you know, in many matters, as as, as professionals or as parents, as pastors, ministers, in, in different areas in our lives, whatever we do, many times we apply very much the wisdom of the world. And it's because we are not spending time in prayer getting God's revelation concerning a matter. You know, it is very easy to just apply carnal ideas. Many times people have these slogans that they got from the bumper sticker of a car or from the Facebook profile of a friend or of, of the, uh, the, the Instagram profile of a friend and it's coming through social media. But it is just one of those things that is said and it doesn't necessarily come as the wisdom of God in that situation. And what we need is not more slogans and scriptures out of context. We need the unveiling of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to open things up so that we have clarity and understanding concerning what God is saying. And so he says, no, we don't have this wisdom. We don't speak the wisdom of the world, but we speak the wisdom of God. He says, verse 7, no, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Mm -hmm. So he says that there is a wisdom from God that we are speaking, and we are speaking it in a mystery, almost like uh, another version says we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, in esoteric language, in a hidden language, right? So that it is destined, it was destined for our glory. Hallelujah. This revelation that God, the Holy Spirit, wants to bring into our lives glorifies our lives, elevates our lives. And that happens in the place of prayer. We continue reading. And, and, and I must say this, when he's speaking here of we speak, it in a, we speak wisdom in a mystery, many times this, this understanding here is the speaking of tongues, speaking of secrets. Speaking of secrets, he says he that speaks in an unknown tongue doesn't speak to men but to God. He speaks secrets and no one understands him. He, he speaks wisdom in a mystery. We continue reading verse 8. He says, none of the rulers of this age understood it, this wisdom. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. If people had the wisdom of God, if they had the revelation they needed, there are many things they would not have done in their lives. And yet many Christians are making many mistakes because of a lack of revelation. 
The word of God says my people perish for a lack of revelation, for a lack of knowledge. Not because the devil is powerful, not because they don't have the ability, but because they just don't know better. And prayer is a place where revelation is brought, where knowledge is brought forth, where the wisdom of God is unveiled. And then it says, they, because of their lack of wisdom, the, the lack of knowledge, because of the lack of understanding, they, they lacked very much this to the point of crucifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you hear some of the construction sounds, you will understand that we are making progress in the building. So let's continue on. Verse 9. However, as it is written, now you've heard this scripture quoted by many people probably. As it is written. He says from verse 8, none of the rulers of this age understood this wisdom. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written... What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who loved him. Right? And this is a quotation from the Old Testament. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those who love them. And we've heard people quoting the scripture so much to say, hey guys, you know, there's wonderful things coming in your future. And they prophesied and say, you know, no eye has seen it, no ear has heard it. And it hasn't even entered into your mind what God's going to do in your life. And yet, that is not what the scripture is saying by ending there. It continues to say, these things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, that hasn't entered into the mind of man, these are the things, verse 10, that God has revealed to us. By his spirit. So we're not in a place where we're saying, whoa, we know that God has wonderful things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and we don't even know about it. No, he's saying things that are unthinkable, things that are unknowable, things that are unheard of, things that are unseen. Those are the things that are revealed unto us by the Holy Spirit. And then he says, the spirit searches all things even the deep things of God. Now remember what we read in Proverbs, that the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. And by the spirit of a man, we speak in tongues. By the spirit, we pray in the spirit. We pray in the spirit. We, we engage God and worship him by the spirit, in spirit and in truth. And so the candle inside of us, is engaging the Holy Spirit, who is the light of God in our lives, and he begins to motion through our lives in order to bring that revelation. It says, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Now continue here. Very important that you understand, there is hidden knowledge, hidden wisdom that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, hasn't entered into the mind of man, that God has prepared for you, that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you. Why must he reveal it to you? Because you cannot take hold of what you are not aware of. Imagine someone in your family passes on in their old age and they were wealthy and they left you an inheritance. Your knowledge of that inheritance has a lot to do with whether you will receive it or not. Because the enemy is out to make sure that you don't receive that which God has prepared for you. And so you have to be diligent to know what is God's plan for my life. What has he set up for me? What has he prepared for me? What can I see? What can I hear? Things that the Holy Spirit has prepared. Because when you are aware of them, you begin to take hold of them in the place of prayer. 
This is why when you go to pray, you can't just be speaking, 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 speaking. No, you have to go to listen as well. Why? Because it's a fellowship. It's about speaking and hearing. It's about giving and receiving. Why? Because it's a koinonia. It's not a one-way street. We are dealing with a relationship here. Now look here at verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 2. It says, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. He's saying here that your spirit knows you better than you know yourself. You might have an issue in your mind that's bothering you, that you're not sure. Your spirit man is fully aware of what's going on in your heart and in your environment and in your life. And then it says, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. No one knows the thoughts of a man except that man's spirit. No one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And what is the fellowship we have? We have our spirit fellowshipping with the spirit of God, meaning the one who knows everything about us, fellowshipping with the one who knows everything about God. And that fellowship and exchange is a partnership that brings a revelation of what God knows about us to us and what we know about ourselves to God. Then it says here, verse 12, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given unto us. Another version says, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God, so that we might know the things which are freely given us of God. Hallelujah. This means when you go into the place of prayer, the Holy Spirit can tell you, this is yours. This is freely from God. Freely. This is yours freely. This is yours freely. There are many things that we, we are striving to earn in our lives. There are many things that we are striving to pay for in our lives. That the Holy Spirit has said, this is yours for free. This is yours for free. This is yours for free. And he says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, so that we might know. We must know. Not this, ah, I has not seen, we don't know what God has for us. No, the spirit of God that we have received makes things plain. It gives us revelation. It unveils, it opens, unboxes the gifts that God has. You know, there's this trend on social media now called unboxing, you know, where people are getting very wealthy. All they do is they buy uh, new gifts and things, or whether it's a PlayStation or a radio or a phone, and the process of unboxing is so captivating, and they sometimes do it with toys, and it, sometimes it's ladies doing it, or men. They just show their hands or the, sometimes their face, and that process of unboxing is such a wow experience that people are trending on social media, media and making a, li a, a living out of it. It's how it should be in prayer. <laughs> Your prayer should be a place of unboxing. It should be a place where you are discovering. You come back from prayer excited because of what you've seen. Because of what the Holy Spirit has revealed to you is yours already in Christ. And then when you pray for those things, it is a done deal. Your prayer is just the activation in the natural of something that you are perceiving in the Spirit. That, was, that is what faith is. Faith is the substance. It is the thing of the things we hope for. 
the evidence of unseen realities. So in the realm of the spirit, there are things that are ours. They are unseen in the natural, but in the realm of the spirit, they are actually true. And so then when we perceive them and we agree with God concerning them, they begin to manifest through our speaking and through our declarations and through our prayer. Now look here as he continues saying, he says, verse 12, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God freely has freely given, past tense, given us. And then verse 13, this is what we speak. <laughs> this is what we speak. The things which are freely given us of God. This is what we speak. The revelation, the understanding, the openness of heart, the openness of mind, the things that the Holy Spirit is ministering to us. This is what we speak. Then he says, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with spiritual thoughts, with spirit-taught words. Awesome. So it means in the place of prayer, the Holy Spirit begins to inspire us. He shows us visions. He begins to show us from the Word. He reminds us of scriptures. He tells us what Jesus said. He tells us who we are in Christ. We begin to feel that revelation welling up in our hearts. And then there is a response, an utterance that comes from our mouth, which is taught by the Spirit. A rhema, a word in season, a word from the Scripture, a word from the Spirit. Those are the words that the Holy Spirit teaches that bring miracles into our lives. Hallelujah. This is the key to answered prayer. It's not just going in there and trying to force God's arm in the direction of what you want. No. It is a place where we are going in and the Holy Spirit who knows the mind of God and knows us and our spirit who knows our mind begin to interact. And the best way to pray to get this result is when we pray in the spirit, when we are praying in other tongues, when we are praying in the spirit. And so what the Holy Spirit does is he inspires our words. Many times we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to say. And we sometimes even too down to pray. We are sometimes too exhausted, too discouraged to pray but the holy spirit has been sent as our helper to give us the words it says here verse, this is what we speak not in words taught by human wisdom verse 13 but in words taught by the spirit explaining spiritual realities with spiritual taught words so so then we begin to understand and and the word of god says when we pray in tongues also begin to pray that you you may interpret so you are there getting revelation getting understanding as you are praying in, in the spirit and praying in your normal language and praying in the spirit and praying in your normal language and the Holy Spirit begins to show you visions of your future, visions of where you are, solutions to the problem that you have. Hallelujah. And so we begin to go into the place. I'll show you now what the scripture continues to say. This is a powerful place. This is the fellowship of, 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 of the Holy Spirit with us that begins to bring transformation and cleanses our lives in the different areas where we need cleansing. Hallelujah. This is so awesome. And many believers have not taken advantage of the fact that we have access to the Spirit of God that created the whole world, that knows us, that knows the mind of God, and is for us and not against us. This is awesome. And so many times, people are intimidated in the place of prayer 
Because they don't realize that the Holy Spirit is presently leading us in the place of prayer. And it is not to say that it's a mystical experience every time and it's all goosebumps and, and feathers and, 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 and lights and all of that. No, very simply because we were made for this. This kind of fellowship is native to us. In your imagination, when you are praying, your imagination should be engaged. It is the, the screen where visions begin to be implanted. Your heart, your emotions need to be engaged because the groanings of the Holy Spirit, sometimes there's no words. You just begin to grieve and cry. And yet you are beginning to change situations because of what is happening inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Of course, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit will be taking place right inside of your body. Many times there are things that you'll begin to sense and understand and perceive memories that are brought to you as you are praying. Let's continue here, the last three verses of this scripture. He says, the person without the spirit or the carnal man does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The carnal man, the carnal mind does not receive the spirit, the things of the spirit. And so the candle of the Lord is your spirit man. When you are in the place of prayer, you are shutting your eyes, you are shutting away from the natural things and you are zoning into the spiritual things. The Holy Spirit begins to bring revelation and you can't receive that revelation just with your natural understanding. You have to perceive what God is doing with your spirit man because your mind might get an impression from the Holy Spirit, but it will say, no, this can't be, this, this can't be right. This doesn't make sense. How can God say, sell this and get that? How can God say, give money to that person? How can God say that the last built of my money, I must give to that person. And now what's going to happen? And yet in your spirit, you feel the witness. And you have to pray to the point where you feel such a peace in your spirit that you know that you know this is confirmed scripturally and this is from God. I'm telling you a miracle is on its way when that happens. Why? Because these things can only be understood, discerned spiritually verse 15 it says the spirit the, the the person with the spirit the man with the spirit makes judgment about all things but such a per uh, such a person is not subject to mere human merely human judgments yes and so we we come into the place of prayer expecting to receive something from God, expecting to get revelation, guidance, understanding, whether about the future, whether about us, whether about how God feels about us, all those things. As we are in the word of God, our place of prayer is the confirmation and affirmation of the spirit. And when we are in that place, when we are in that place, we will begin to make judgments and discern things. Sometimes you're about to go into a relationship, whether a business relationship or a romantic relationship. And you know that you know that you have to pray about this because the stakes are high. And so when you go into the place of prayer and you are praying in the spirit and you are praying in tongues and you are praying in your understanding and praying in English or whatever your language is, when you begin to perceive in your spirit, oh, oh, something is not right. There's a disturbance. Something is off about this person. Don't ignore that witness. 
Because the Holy Spirit begins to again prompt you. And what do you then do? You don't just leave it there. You say, Holy Spirit, confirm this. Affirm this to me. But already you have a check in your spirit. You, you've got a, 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 a sign in your spirit that is saying, be careful, red lights around this person. Or it's a green light, move quickly. This is what God is doing. And you get your confirmation and ask the Holy Spirit, can you give me more affirmation? Can you confirm this? And the Holy Spirit will together work with you and give you the confirmations that you need. Now look here at verse 16. This is the mind, the mind-blowing scripture. He says this, For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? It's a quotation from Isaiah 40 that says, God is so awesome. God is so great. Who knows his mind? Who can instruct the Lord? Who can tell him what to do? He did this. He created that. It's, he's so great and lofty. Remember our first sermon that we spoke about how fellowship is among equals, how God has brought us into his fellowship to the point where we are exchanging, exchanging thoughts and beginning to fellowship with God Almighty. He says, who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has known the way that the Spirit of God knows the mind of God? Who has known the mind of the Lord like that so as to instruct him? And then he says this, but we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. What is the implication here? We have the mind of Christ so as to instruct the Lord, so as to fellowship with the Lord, so as to plead with God, so as to engage in conversation with God. Hallelujah! <laughs> this is so wonderful. It would be the same as saying, who has known the mind of the husband? But we have the mind of the wife. Why? Because the wife ought to know the mind of her husband. The husband knows, ought to know the mind of the wife. So that if you want to ask something concerning that husband or that wife, you can go to their spouse and say, what would so-and-so do in this situation? And the spouse will be able to tell you. Hallelujah. In the same way, we are the bride of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We are the ones who are entitled to be in fellowship with the Lord. I'm, remain, I'm reminded of the scripture where, where in Genesis that speaks about how God was on his way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham was uh, on the path on the way to Sodom and Gomorrah. And so as God was passing through, he said, no, should I do this thing and not tell my friend Abraham? And when he speaks to Abraham that he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham begins to engage God and say, Lord, are you going to destroy the righteous with the unrighteous? And then he says, what if there are 100 people? What if there are 50 people? And he keeps pressing the envelope with God. And God said, no, if there are 50 people, I will not destroy the city. If there are 50 righteous, righteous people. And then he says, what if there are 40? No, I will not destroy. What if there are 30? And he brings it down to five, you know. And he says, Lord, if I found favor with you, let me ask again. What if there are? And then what God does in order to destroy Sodom, he goes into Sodom and Gomorrah through the angel and brings out Lot because that was Abraham's concern. He was interceding for his nephew Lot. You know, and many times in the place of prayer, we need to have that boldness that Abraham had to say, Lord, I know your mind. I know your heart. And because of that, I'm interceding in this place. I'm praying in this place. And I'm praying consistent with your will. And you will see the workings of God 
tempered and changed around the intercession of your prayer. God wants us to intervene. God wants us to intercede. God wants us to pray on behalf of the nation, on behalf of our family, on behalf of our situation, in order to bring his actual mind to come to pass. He desires mercy more than judgment. But he has to execute judgment unless if a man will rise up and pray, unless if a woman will rise up and bring a different case before Almighty God. The accuser, the devil knows this and he brings his accusations ever before the throne of God and many times against the people of God, ever before us. And yet we need to have an understanding that we have been given the grace of God, access on the throne of God, in the throne of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, to bring that change. Who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? We have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. This is true fellowship. Hallelujah. Awesome. So what are the practicalities? You know, I believe that God has spoken to us over the last four weeks many things that have impacted how we practically do this. But there are just some thoughts that I want to leave with us as, as we are concluding this series. Number one, don't just pray in the corporate setting. Yes, it's wonderful, it's important to pray with other people, but make sure that you have your time alone. It says in, in the book of Matthew, it says, when you pray, go into your closet, right? Close the door, right? And pray to your Father who is in heaven, who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret, will reward you openly. There must be a place where you are praying in secret. Even though you pray in church and pray in public and pray at the table and pray with your spouse and pray, there must be a place where you are in secret with the Lord, where God can share secrets with you as well. And even when you are praying in public, pray as if you are alone with the Lord. Reverence that union with Him. Number two, honor the times of private and corporate prayer. Honor them. Don't despise prayer meetings. Don't despise prayer times. It is your time where you are connecting with the Spirit of God, where you are, you are going to receive access and revelation concerning the future, hmm. concerning you, concerning something that God wants to do. Then when you go to pray, expect to hear from God as a normal thing. Don't make it a big deal hearing from God for the believer. Jesus said, my sheep, they know my voice. They hear my voice and the, the, the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So expect to hear from God as a normal or common, normal thing for the believer. Your spirit man is the candle of the Lord. If you are born again, hearing from God is your birthright. Just spend enough time in prayer, you will begin to perceive the voice of God. Then see... God revealed in a fresh way when you go to pray. Expect to see a new side of your heavenly father. God is glorious even in his holiness, but there are many holinesses of God's holiness, so to speak. The angels cry, holy, holy, holy. There are many eyes, you know, the living creatures. There are many eyes all over seeing the holiness of God. And it's not just one version that they are keeping on uh, uttering the holiness of God. No, it's because of the manifold wisdom, manifold holiness, manifold beauty, manifold glory of God. And when you're in the place of prayer, perceive. It's the place where God's wonder is revealed. Hallelujah. Just like Moses who saw, who said, Lord, show me your face, you know, in the mountain. Then see yourself revealed when you're in the place of prayer. 
You go not only to see who God is, but you get to know who you are. Let God show you, you are my son. You are the one whom I've called. I have set you apart for this. Discover your purpose. Discover your calling. Let, you know, the word of God says when we are in that place where our faces are unveiled, perceiving and looking into the glory of God, we are transformed into the same image from one level of glory to another. We become more like Jesus when we go and see and perceive in the place of prayer who Jesus is and also through the word. And then in that place, expect to get a sense of purpose and expect to get to know your future. John chapter 16, verse 13, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. Hallelujah. I'm concluding with this. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 to 13. It says, in those days, Jesus, he went up, he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. Jesus loved to pray. All night he continued in prayer to God. So Jesus loved to pray. And it says in verse 13, And when day came, when the daybreak came, when the morning came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve whom he named apostles. You know, the choice of disciples of Jesus was such a critical factor in the salvation of the whole world in the mission of Jesus Christ, in the fulfillment of his ministry and calling, that he spent the whole night praying. He spent the whole night with his heavenly father. He went out to the mountain to pray all night. He continued in prayer. I'm sure this is a paraphrase, but I'm sure he was like, Father, who are the names? And then the Lord was like, no, one of them is Judas. And he was like, Judas? You want me to pick Judas? He's the traitor. Yes, pick him. Mm, I need to pray longer. This, tell me more. And sometimes in the place of prayer, God is revealing to us things that we, we are not sure we agree. Because it's inconsistent with what we felt God said maybe beforehand. But we spend more time. Let me pray again. Let me go again to the secret place. Let me, let me engage. Let me pray in tongues some more until the clarity and the revelation begins to break forth. And in the morning when he came to his, his disciples, he picked the right guys. He called the disciples and he said, you, 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 you. I'm sure there were many who said, I also want, I also, please pick me also. And many times we pick the wrong person. Just like when Samuel came to the house of Jesse to anoint David. And David wasn't even there. And Samuel looked at the older brother Eliab and said, surely this is the Lord's anointed big guy. Large stature is the king right here. And the Lord said, no, I've, I have rejected him. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart, the spirit. The Spirit of God wants to give you revelation, wants to give you understanding beyond the natural. Maybe you are about to hire someone in your business. Maybe you are about to marry the wrong guy. Maybe you are about to marry the wrong lady. Maybe you are about to, to go to the wrong nation. Or oh, it's the wrong time. It's the right thing to do, but it's the wrong time. And the Holy Spirit wants to give you revelation and preserve your life by speaking to you in the place of prayer. In the place of prayer, hallelujah. I pray, let's say this with me. Put your hand on your heart. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you have given me the place of prayer. And I will never, ever despise the place of prayer again. I repent today. I'm sorry, Lord, for the times where I have neglected to pray. When your Holy Spirit was prompting me, God, to pray because I needed to hear from you. Oh, Lord, put a check in my heart. Draw me in the place of prayer. 
that I might know you and know what you are saying in Jesus' name. Father, I pray today for everyone in our church, for every single person who's listening. I pray, Lord, that this series, Father God, is a prophetic call in their hearts and lives, saying, come to the secret place. Come to the place of prayer. Come to the place of fellowship. Come to the place of change. Come to the place of purity. Come to the place of preservation. Come to the place of revelation. Come and speak to me. Let us reason together. Come, let us be together. I will make you what I have desired, what I have destined for you to become. I will bless your family and you will be a blessing and you will share your heart with me. We will walk through this life together. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that every single disciple in this church, Lord, I declare and I decree, Lord, manifold grace, multiplied favor, multiplied grace in the place of prayer. I pray that from today, Lord, there will be a new break open, Father God, a new grace, Father God, throughout our church, Lord God, that people will see answers to prayer, that they will see change through their prayers, that they will find great delight in the place of prayer, that they will find great great, great joy in the place of prayer, that they'll find revelation and understanding in the place of prayer. Father God, wherever the enemy has been tormenting people in their prayer, Lord God, we, we declare an end to that in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every evil work of Satan that is hindering the prayers of the saints. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We declare the fire of the Holy Spirit to surround the altar and the prayers of the saints. Father God, let the incense of God rise up from this church rise up from our hearts Lord let transformation by the Holy Spirit begins to break open in individual lives in families Lord in in businesses in connect groups Lord in our workplaces father in the name of Jesus father we pray Lord God that your Holy Spirit will begin to lead us Lord in our unction and anointing of prayer Lord let this church be marked Lord God as a church full of prayer Lord breakthrough prayers Lord Lord God, that when prayers are prayed through the members of this church, through the children of this house, Lord God, that there will be answers from above, Lord God, that transformation and testimonies will be confirmation, Lord God, that we are in fellowship with the Most High God, who has known the mind of the Lord. We have the mind of Christ. And Father, I pray, Lord, that there will be no fear, Lord God, no intimidation in the place of prayer, but that will come not in our own righteousness, not in our own name, but in that name that is above every other name the name by which every man must be saved every woman must be saved every person must be healed every person must be delivered in that name of the lord jesus christ that the place of prayer lord will elevate and make magnify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in our church, in our families, Lord, in our lives, in our workplaces, in our connect groups, Lord God, wherever we are, Lord, let prayer, Father God, be a true revival catalyst, Lord God, that the spiritual life in our houses, in our hearts, Lord, will break open because of prayer, Father God. Let us see, Father God, that when we pray, we are not just making mere words, Heavenly Father, 
that it's not just utterances, Lord, but that we are engaging the Most High God. You have given us this access, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that we will hear change, we will hear transformation, miracles, signs and wonders, Lord God. We will hear revelation breaking forth, that you affirm your church, Lord God, and that when we pray, Lord God, that we will find the delight of the Father. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I prophesy to all of us in this church and those who are listening today that prayer will become a strength in your life in these last days where we are. That you will have prayer as a strong foundation in your life and that you will see that that is the door for many great things in your life from today. Jesus name. We will see you soon. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and week. We'll see you tomorrow for prayer and continue to engage the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.